Hi, my name is Jovi. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime, crime stories, stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we tell each other the stories that keep us up at night. Yes, we Hi, do. Everybody. Hello. Have you seen the newest true crime casting news? No. Jim Jones. Oh. Yes, the Jonestown cult. That is my favorite cult. Oh. Yes. So they are doing a um, a story about Jonestown. And they got Jordan, nope, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play Jim Jones. No shit. Yeah. I find that to be odd casting because, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a very, like, good-looking dude. Jim Jones is, like, a creepy cult leader dude, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, even just, like, their body types and their face, like, they don't look a lot alike. But I'm trying to, like, harken back to the way that I felt about when Zac Efron mm-hmm. was cast as Ted Bundy. And I was kind of like, really? Like, yep. Zephron, really? Yep. And I was um, just going to say that. I was like, yeah, yeah, but when they announced that Zephron was going to be Bundy, it was the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah, and I was super stoked. Well, and that was amazing because yes, Zephron was. was able to capture that, like, dead in the eyes, yes. but also charming in the same time thing. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm excited about it because I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because if if you have listened to pretty much any episode <laughs> of this podcast, you know, like cults are my thing. Yeah. And of all of the cults, Jonestown That's... is double my thing. Okay. You are obsessed with cults, but I think you only did one cult story. Well, they've done Waco. Better yeah. Waco. So you need to do it. I know. You need to do I know. Jonestown. You need to. I know. You know what I think the problem is? It's like I I find it so fascinating that it's almost because it's almost as if I'm just I'm nervous to do it. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm not going to because there's so much that I want to say about it. Mm-hmm. Like I could seriously ramble on for hours about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't know. It's more of just like tackling the beast, but I know I need to hunker down and uh write about Jonestown because it's just it's always been to me always been like the most fascinating one out of all of them oh for sure yeah for sure yeah because I think I think my thing with Jonestown that just totally always and obviously (laughs) not gonna get too deep into it if I want to do an episode about it I don't want to like give away the farm right but like I think the thing that always fascinated me about Jonestown is how he was able to get not only form this cult right but technically moved the cult twice because they moved from like Indiana to California then from California to like fucking South America. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, how did you get, you duped people twice. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like you you were able to talk these people into, uh, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. It's, it, it really is. And I, I like cults, obviously not as much as you do, because yeah. <laughs> that's that's your shtick. But like, yeah. they truly do fascinate me, and how they brainwash these people so much, especially with Jonestown. He moved them twice. What mm-hmm. what what was he putting in the water? What was he saying that was so good that they were like, yes, you know crazy. what I mean? Yeah, it's just insane to me. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. crazy, crazy. But so yeah, so Joseph Gordon Levitt is going to be um, 
Jim Jones. I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited for, for it too. that. As long as, yeah. it's, as long as the people that are making it aren't the American boogeyman and boogie woman, then I'm good. I'm good. I agree. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's just terrible. It's, it's so bad that we bring it up in every episode. In every since. episode. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's like tattooed on my brain. Yeah. 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 I can't. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. I- yeah. Look at this. Joseph Gordon-Levitt starring in and glowy, uh, glowy. <laughs> Sorry. My, uh, my brain and my mouth are not talking tonight. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is going to be in it. She's actually going to play one of the um, survivors. Nice. Of the people's temple. So yeah. Um, excited yes that's that's going to be good that is going to be good and um because of your episode from a few weeks ago when we were talking about Mindhunter, i did rewatch the first season over the weekend yeah i just i had to i just nice. I, had, I was like god damn it because i was looking Fucking for something to watch anyway mm-hmm. you know it was a cold weekend and i was like i am going to cuddle on the couch with my dogs and I'm mm-hmm. going to watch Mindhunter again. And nice. I just I just get reminded so quickly why it's such a fantastic show. Like such the casting, show. everything about it is wonderful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I actually started a rewatch of Criminal Minds. Hmm. Yeah. Started that yesterday. Okay. Um, I don't know what compelled me to turn it on. I, I've always loved Criminal Minds. I enjoy it. But I will tell you, like, Criminal Minds is one of those shows that I, I've watched most of it. Mm-hmm. but I don't, I was never like a habitual weekly watcher. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time sitting down and watching every single episode, but it's 15 fucking seasons. Oh, I know. And I like, know. I'm excited about it, but I'm also like, it's, it's very daunting. So yeah, but the, the good <sighs> thing about that is, is that you don't have to like binge it. That's definitely a show that you could watch as you're doing things and just kind of listen and enjoy it that way. Cause mm-hmm. like my stepdaughter, she watches it all the time on loop. Like yeah. while she's doing homework, it's just kind of on in the background and she's listening to it. And she just, it's one of those shows though. Yeah. No I, what I feel about criminal minds the way a lot of people feel about like SVU. Yeah. 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 Like I could just put it on and let it play. And I was talking to my sister about it before. Like it's one of those shows that I can put on. And if I'm not like sitting there paying attention to it, it doesn't matter. Right. So because right. I've seen most of them too. Correct. So correct. That's kind of a thing as well. Yes. But <clears throat> so anywho, <laughs> um, before we get in, just a gentle reminder that again, I am um recovering from the vid and Mm. uh my throat is a little scratchy scratchy so please forgive my my tone of voice um and also reminding that we are doing zoom podcasting right now so if we're kind of out of sync or there's audio weirdness Mm -hmm. that -hmm. would be why yes please bear with us as this is a new thing for us so we're learning as we go we are indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I, I guess it is time for us to start tonight's bed crime story. Yes. What do you um, got for and, us? Okay. So <laughs> I'm so glad we brought up the Boogeyman and the Boogie Woman movies <laughs> because the I titled, okay, I titled this story, The Boogeyman of Westfield, John List. <laughs> so it's about John List, which whatever. 
But I would like to say I did not come up with the nickname the Boogeyman of Westfield. That's just like his nickname. So I'm not <laughs> taking credit. But I will tell you when I pulled this off the printer, I looked down. I'm like, <laughs> Boogeyman. Yep. No. Now they're going to make a movie about him. Seriously, you, the Westfield Boogeyman. You you spoke it, so it's going to happen. I spoke it to truth. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. John List. So today's resources is uh, philly.com. There was a long form article called He Just Fit Right In. Hmm. Um, (laughs) So listen to the title of this news article. Okay. He just fit right in. And that's how he hid, if not for a TV show, John List's new life might have forever remained a secret. That whole thing was the headline? (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole title of the article. (laughs) That is amazing. That's amazing. That is great. They did not edit much of that out. Yeah. So no, that's on philly.com. If you want to look that up, (laughs) you can rewind and play that slowly so you can copy it down. Um, And then, of course, Wikipedia, Murderpedia and the Criminal Minds Wiki. And I think that that's probably part of the reason why I'm watching Criminal Minds is Mm -hmm. because I'm like, we've been using that a lot for a resource. So I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. John Emil List was born on September 17, 1925 in Bay City, Michigan. He was raised as a strict Lutheran and maintained his devotion to his faith, uh, his faith well into adulthood. In 1943, the year John graduated high school, he enlisted in the Army and he served as a lab technician during World War II. Oh, wow. He was discharged in 1946 and he moved back to Michigan where he enrolled at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Okay. He earned a yeah. He earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in accounting. Wow. Which yeah, I'm taking financial accounting this semester for my bachelor's, and <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so this person he's very smart. Just I I am always in awe of people that can do accounting and make that their profession and their career. Yeah. It's like. What? What? <laughs> Correct. And I even commend him like double because you figure at this point it's what the 40s. Mm-hmm. He's doing accounting well before there's computers. Mm-hmm. Like he's probably using a fucking abacus and shit. There's probably barely a calculator. Right? And oh this guy's God. doing accounting. I have a scientific calculator. I have a laptop. <laughs> I have all this shit. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I hate accounting. <laughs> it's so stupid. Math is stupid. Accounting yep. is just downright fucking dumb. Agreed. I just agree. No offense to the quick, accountants out there. Just, just buy Quicken books, plug in the numbers, and let Quicken do it for you. Amen. Leave me alone. Amen. And I'm like, I'm also getting my bachelor's degree in business business management. Uh, apparently, John List and I, not in common. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- it stops there. I promise. <laughs> it stops there. Um, but uh, why do I need accounting? Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be an accountant. Mm-hmm. Why do I need this? That's why the UK has this, these degrees things all figured out. When you pick your major, you just like do classes for your major and that's it. I don't have to do like, I don't have requirements to fulfill. That's amazing. Yeah. They got it all figured out. Damn Brits. I know. For real. All of our UK people listening are like, that's not really how it works, lady. (laughs) Um, We're only seeing the good in it. I'm sure there's like small. It's also like fucking free to public colleges with yeah. free over there too i believe i don't know correct me if i'm wrong because i probably Are you guys accepting new citizens because... <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i love tea that's all i've been drinking mm-hmm. lately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i actually bought like fancy british tea i didn't buy lipton i bought me some like 
twinnings tea or twinings oh. twinnings i know well look at you english breakfast tea what up <laughs> all right anyway <sighs> uh accounting during this time he continued being active with the rotc mm-hmm in the fall of 1950, John was recalled to the military service as the Korean War escalated. He was stationed at Fort Eustis, Virginia, where he met Hel- Helen Taylor, who lived nearby the base with her daughter, Brenda. So Helen was a widow, and her first husband was an infantry officer killed in action in Korea. Mm. John and Helen were married on December 1st, 1951, and they moved to Northern California, where he continued his service with the Army assigned to the Finance Corps, which makes sense because of his accounting degree, right? Correct, correct. Um, After leaving the military in 1952, the family moves to Michigan, where he gets a job at an accounting firm and then as an auditor for a paper company in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It was in Kalamazoo where his, his three children were born, so obviously his children with Helen. Helen had one daughter from her previous marriage and then they together had Patricia, John Jr. and Frederick. 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 Uh, By 1959, which is the year that my mom was born and (laughs) yesterday was her birthday. So happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Um, By 1959, John had risen in the ranks at the paper company and was acting as the general supervisor of the accounting department. Wow. John and Helen sought counseling from their pastor because they were having some marital snafus. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Louis Grother is the guy that they went to go see. And Grother was convinced that Helen was mentally ill as well as an abuser of alcohol. Yeah. Mm. She would rage at her husband and make like crazy demands of him. And one time she actually insisted that John come home from work just to change one of the kids diapers. Oh, wow. And he did it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and according to Grother, he never uttered a word of complaint about her. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, much, that would... takes a lot. I'm sorry, because I complain about everything. So... <laughs> for real. For <laughs> so real. for him not to complain about her antics with telling him just to come home to change a diaper. A baby's then, diaper. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Just wow. Yeah. Um, She would belittle him in public, and she always made a great hero of her previous husband who died in the war. Mm. Grother said to compensate for that, um, John would do financial things for them. And at that point, he got himself way over his head in debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brenda, Helen's first child, um, got married at this point. She leaves home. And John, Helen, and the, re- and the kids moved to Rochester, New York, to take a better-paying job with Xerox. So John could take this job with Xerox. Mm-hmm. During this time, Helen was becoming more and more unstable. In 1965, John accepted a job as the vice president and comptroller at a bank in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The List family, John, Helen, the three kids, and John's mother, who I do believe her name was Alma, um, I'll fact check myself later on in the story. I didn't put it here. Um, <laughs> that is a very know. motherly name. So I yeah. believe it. Yeah. Alma or Edna, something. You know what? While it's you're probably reading, totally wrong. It's probably like Jane. Uh, I, we'll say we'll figure it I out. I should probably do my Jovi duties and no, Google that's it. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. It'll be fun. We'll right. keep you guessing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so the List family, all of them and possibly Alma, if that's real name. Moved it into is. a night. 19- <laughs> yes, it oh, is God. her name. So good on you. Good My on you. <laughs> um, they moved into a 19-room Victorian mansion on Hillside Avenue in Westfield, New Jersey. 
the mansion was chosen by Helen. Mm-hmm. Of course it was. Yeah. So Helen List's condition deteriorates even further while they're in Westfield. She was drinking heavier and she also began to take tranquilizers. Oh. Um, a brain disease, cerebral atrophy, was diagnosed and she became a virtual shut-in. Mm. John's daughter, Patricia, she was 16 years old at this time. She wanted to be an actress. She was becoming more rebellious. I mean, 16 years old, right? So she's Sounds about right. Yeah, she's staying out late. She's smoking pot with her friends. Um, Ed Iliano ran the town drama group, and he was a counselor to Patricia. Okay. So um, he said that the family were terrified of John. Like, his... Mm demeanor outside of the family very calm and collected he was very angry towards the children he would like lash out at them at home Mm -hmm. so according to Ileano um John like super disliked his family and was miserable I mean I mean Uh, not to uh, justify anything but I'm sure his wife did not help the way he felt toward his wife and his children just Just a bit just Throwing that out there. Just, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so finances, as we know, are in complete shambles. And he actually lost his job at the bank, tried to start his own insurance business, but it never took off. Mm. But he never, but he never told his family that he didn't have a job. He would continue to leave his, leave the house, dress for work as if he was going to an office and then read books at the train station under a tree. Okay. Yeah. Um, he okay. Took a second, yeah. He took a second mortgage out against the house uh, to keep up with payments. And he drained his mother's $200,000 bank account. Wow. Yeah. So um, his failures as a businessman, and I guess by extension as a provider, just increased Helen's bitterness towards him. Um the Westfield detective who wound up investigating the case believes that List was deeply ashamed of the family's poverty status at this point. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, he has these business degrees from University of Michigan, which even at this time was super prestigious. Mm-hmm. Um, and quote, he was too, brow- too proud to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, but he's the, they didn't have to get this huge ass house, you know, he because was- they were already in financial troubles before they even got there. Mm-hmm. So he kind of brought it on more himself. Yeah. And at the same time, like if Helen knew that the finances were that bad, why did you insist that you move into this 19 room mansion? Correct. Correct. And I'm sure it didn't help. It's all about keeping up appearances, I guess. Right. And it doesn't help either that he didn't find another job. He just didn't stay home, you know, like. Yeah. He just went like right under a tree like a weirdo he just went like red under a tree like a weirdo i mean it depends on what kind of tree and where because i'd like to sit under a palm tree on on the beach in jamaica and he was at a train station in new jersey oh no thank you i don't want to be a part of any of that correct no thanks Uh, yeah thanks so yeah Um, John decided it was time to do the only thing he could think of to save his family from their sins and their financial suffering. And after making this decision, John said later, there was no turning back quote. It was just like D-Day. You go in, there's no stopping after you start. He said, Mm. so after finding an old nine millimeter pistol that he had bought as a souvenir of world war II 
and a 22 caliber target pistol. He purchased new ammunition and went to a shooting range for target practice. One night after dinner, he asked his family what they would want done with their bodies after they died. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, um, yeah, he said after the fact quote, I remember talking about funerals and cremation and burials. I thought I was being real clever. (laughs) Really? 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 I, mean, I would say you're kind of showing your hand there, bro. Just, just a little bit. You're Slightly. being a little obvious, not clever. A little bit. A little bit. Um, on November 9th, 1971, after sending his children off to school, John took the two handguns out of the car to load them and then walked back into the house, into the kitchen, and shot Helen from behind as she was drinking her coffee at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. He pulls her body into the ballroom of the house, covers her with a army sleeping bag okay leaves her body there goes and cleans up the kitchen then he goes upstairs to where his mother is eating breakfast in her third floor apartment and he shoots her in the head jesus christ yeah goes to the post office to stop the family's mail then he heads to the bank to cash savings bonds and he like apparently stayed and made sure that the interest was paid like to the penny wow Yeah. When he returned home, he made several phone calls to say that they were going out of town on an extended trip to North Carolina to stay with his with Helen's mother, who was sick. Right. He didn't think about this at all, by the way. He totally didn't think about totally not premeditated. Right. Yeah. No. All at the drop of a hat. This is what he came up with. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then he goes back home, sits down at the kitchen table where he a couple of hours before killed his wife and ate lunch. Wow. (laughs) wow yeah he was quoted later quote i was hungry he added with a chuckle that's just the way it was Um, yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah in the afternoon he killed his children as they came home so first he killed 16 year old patricia then he killed his youngest 13 year old frederick and then finally 15 year old john that's a shame yeah Unlike the others, John didn't die immediately. Um, His body jerked as List emptied the rounds in both of the guns into John's chest, and he ultimately shot him 10 times. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Quote, I don't know whether it was only because he was still jerking that I wanted to make sure he didn't suffer. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Or that it was sort of a way of relieving the tension after having completed what I felt was my assignment for the day, Liz had said. Yeah. So he pulls his three kids' bodies also into the ballroom, lines them up side by side next to their mother, places all of them in sleeping bags with towels over their faces. He says later that his mother's body was too heavy to move. So she was upstairs still in the hallway outside of her apartment, which like way to add insult to injury. For real. Like you just murdered your mom and then you're going to like bat shamer. Right. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, there's a lot of things wrong with him. I know. Like, can we make a list of what's wrong with you, please? (laughs) A list for John list. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I'm ching. Okay. After they were placed in the ballroom, he knelt down to pray. He put music on. Um, on the internal intercom system and he cleaned up meticulously then he sits down to write a letter which Mm. was sort of a confession that he addressed to his pastor explaining his motives for killing his entire family he stated that he thought that the 70s were a sinful time and that his family was beginning to fall to temptation especially his daughter patricia 
this is the one that was married no this was the patricia was the oldest who wanted okay. to be an actress got it got it got it okay um and of, and of course i say that next as i mentioned earlier patricia had an interest in pursuing acting mm-hmm. and john saw this as a corrupt career choice one linked to satan okay yeah you can't talk john do you <laughs> not realize what you just did i know like the hypocrisy i don't understand well it gets worse just FYI. the hypocrisy unreal. At least. Unreal. Well, it all gets worse okay Close. He tells his pastor that he killed them all before they could renounce their religion and that he was saving their souls and sending them straight to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you're basically making yourself into like a martyr. Right. Right. I mean, he didn't die, but you know, no, so like, but yeah. Most criminal profilers, including Johnny Douglas, Woo! who we all know is basically the starter of the FBI behavioral. Yes. Unit, right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and the original Mindhunter. Woohoo! Who wrote the book that the show is based off of. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Douglas, who were asked to analyze the note, concluded that John came up with this motive after the murders in an effort to rationalize what he did as an act mm-hmm. of mercy rather than a way to lessen his own financial stress mm-hmm. and his feeling failure as a provider to his family. I agree. Like, I me concur. Too. <laughs> me too. So the night of the murders, he ate dinner and he slept in the billiards room. The next morning, he turned on all of the lights in the house. He turned the music back on throughout the house on the intercom and put it at a very high volume. And then he went around the house and looked for family photographs and tore his image out of them so police could have nothing to use on the wanted poster. That was his rationalization for that. Then he drives to JFK Airport in New York, where he leaves his car as a false lead and then took a bus into the city. Now, before the massacre had occurred, before everybody had unfortunately been killed, Mm -hmm. Patricia had told her drama coach, Ed Iliano, that I mentioned earlier, that she was worried about her father. Remember I told you that he had said that you know, John seemed to have hated his family. Yes, yes, yes. And Patricia told Ed that if he heard anything about the family going on an extended vacation, it would mean that List had killed her and the rest of the family. Damn, she was a smart cookie. Good Uh for her for planting that seed. For real. But on the night of the killings, Ed drove past the house because, of course, one of the phone calls that John had made earlier was to the school. Mm Mm-hmm. Ed drives past the house, but he fell for the trick that John had left of all the lights being on and the mm. music blaring. He assumed they were home and he drove off. That sucks. I mean, it I don't suck. blame him because I would have thought the right. same thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. But that really sucks. Yeah. So the house remains empty, obviously, except for the family's bodies for mm-hmm. nearly a month. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. On December 7th, a neighbor noticed the lights were flickering and that the place seemed empty and abandoned. The neighbors called the police and the police found the bodies. Because John List was not among them, he was obviously named the prime suspect. Correct. Correct. But at this point, nowhere to be found. You have almost a full month's lead Mm -hmm. on the investigation. Mm -hmm. In 1971, as the FBI later discovered, List travels by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado. Um, in Colorado, he settles in Denver, um, and in early 1972, he takes an accounting job under the name Robert Peter Clark, but he went by Bob. Okay. Now, Bob Clark 
was actually one of his college classmates. It's the name of one of his college classmates. Although the real Bob Clark later asserts that he had never known this. So I think it was just a, this is a common enough name. Mm-hmm. I can use this and kind of get away and hide in plain sight. Correct. From 1979 to 1986, he was the controller at a paper box manufacturer outside of Denver. Um, he joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. At one religious gathering, he met an Army PX clerk named Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. Jesus Christ. Yeah. In February 1988, the couple moved to a house in the Brander Mill neighborhood of Midlothian, Virginia, mm-hmm. where List, still using the name Bob Clark, resumes work as an accountant at a small firm, um, Madrea, Joiner, Kirkman, and Woody. Wow. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Now, here, here's my thing. Sure. If you resented your wife for being the way she is why couldn't you just divorce her you know divorce your wife you don't have to kill her like, because he was religious so he probably didn't believe in divorce i but mean he so you know he all. believed in murder instead i guess good lord yeah i, I don't know i don't unreal. know unreal unreal i don't know unreal yeah so in may of 1989 the 18-year-old crime was recounted on the Fox television program, America's Most Wanted, oh, during shit. its first year on the air. This is kind of why this came up, because I did mention this at the end of the Adam Walsh episode. Correct. Um, the segment featured an age-progressed clay bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to bear a incredibly uncanny close resemblance to List's actual appearance oh, shit. at that point. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. crazy how much it looks like. Um, on June 1st, less than two weeks after the broadcast, John List was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor recognized the description and alerted authorities. Nice. Go, neighbor, go. I know. Um, List continued to stand by his alias for several months, even after extradition to Union County, Union County New Jersey in late 1989. But finally, once he was faced with um, irrefutable evidence, including a fingerprint match with List's military records, and then with evidence found at the crime scene, he confessed his true identity on February 16th, 1990. Jesus Christ. Yeah. At trial, List testified that his financial difficulties reached crisis level in 1971 when he was laid off at, um, when he was laid off with the closure of the Jersey City Bank mm-hmm. to avoid sharing this humiliating development with his family he engaged in the same routine and dress as when he what did have a job like i said leaving every morning on schedule spending the day at the westfield train station reading newspapers until it was time to come home right list skimmed money from his mother's bank account like i said earlier to avoid default on the mortgage um and as the year progressed the family's financial problems became more strained list had actually encouraged his children to seek part-time work with the guise of teaching them maturity and responsibility but in actuality he wanted them to help with With the the family's finances yeah unreal yeah unreal he was also dealing with his wife's alcoholism and her mental instability which come to find out was due to untreated syphilis wait what yeah are you serious yeah so helen contracted syphilis from her first husband and concealed this fact even from john for the 18 years of their marriage before he he killed her basically no shit yeah according to trial testimony helen had pressured list into marriage by falsely claiming she was pregnant 
then insisted that they marry in Maryland, which did not require the premarital syphilis test mandated in most other states at the time. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. Um, Though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to List or her physicians until 1969, when a thorough thorough workup revealed the condition. By then, progression of the disease combined with her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, quote, transformed her from an attractive young woman to the unkempt and paranoid recluse, who frequently and often publicly humiliated List comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. So like even in front of their friends, she was like, uh, you got a tiny dick and you don't fuck real good. (laughs) (laughs) That's ballsy. And like, honestly, I can't blame him for not killing her. No, no, not killing her, but I can't blame him for getting angry. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's fucked up. That is fucked fucked up. That's real fucked up. Um, A court-appointed psychiatrist testified that Liss suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and Mm -hmm. that he saw only two solutions to his situation, accept welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven. (laughs) Welfare was an unacceptable option, he reasoned, because it would expose him and his family to ridicule and violate everything he was taught by his strict father regarding the care and protection of family members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you kill them instead. (laughs) Like the rationale, I don't understand. I I don't either. I I don't. I don't. Yeah. Not one bit. Nope. On April 12th, 1990, List was convicted uh, convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions. Are you kidding? I am not kidding. He said, quote, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I am unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. LOL, no. No. Big time lols. Big time lols. The judge was unpersuaded. Quote, John Amel List is without remorse and without honor, he said. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen Alma. There it is. That's her name, Alma. <laughs> Helen Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. That's right. That's yep. right. Yep. He imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively the maximum permissible penalty at that time good good yeah. yep list filed an appeal of all his convictions of on the course grounds he did. That his, exactly um on the grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service okay. and again not discounting the fact that that is very real it is very very real yes but this man sorry <laughs> to this man that does not that is not you no <laughs> yeah. no no <clears throat> no uh, yeah He also argued that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore inadmissible as evidence. So basically saying that it like violated that like priest and um, congregant (sighs) confidentiality. Yeah. But a federal appeals court rejected both arguments. So keep your ass in jail, bro. Yeah. They saw through his shit. Yes. John List eventually expressed at least a degree of remorse for his crimes. Uh, quote, I wish I never done what I did, he told Connie Chung in 2002. Quote, I've regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. When asked why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven, where he hoped to be reunited, reunited with his family. Um, 
I'm sorry. I know. I know. You, I know. The delusion. You killed your whole family. The delusion is real on this one. And you still think you have a shot at chilling with Jesus? <laughs> no. No. That's no, not no. how this works. Nay, nay. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> John List dies of complications from pneumonia at age 82. <laughs> Like, talk about somebody who doesn't deserve that long life, right? On March 21st, 2008, while imprisoned at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. In 1972, List was proposed as a prime suspect in the D.B. Cooper care. He was proposed as a suspect in the D.B. Cooper air piracy case because of the timing of his disappearance. So his disappearance was two weeks prior to the airline hijacking. Mm. So definitely suspicious. Mm-hmm. Multiple matches to the hijacker's description. So they, I guess, looked similar. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning that, quote, a fugitive accused of mass murder has nothing to lose. Yeah. Which I would ration that or, you know, rationalize that that is 100% true. Correct. Liz was questioned by the FBI um, investigators after his capture, but he denied any involvement in the Cooper case. While his name is still occasionally mentioned in Cooper articles and documentaries, no direct evidence implicates him, and the FBI no longer considers him a suspect. Mm. Yeah. In 2008, John Walsh, uh, the host of America's Most Wanted, um, donated the age-progressed bus by Frank Bender that played a pivotal role in his apprehension to a forensic science exhibit at the National Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C. Nice. This, yeah, this museum collection can now be viewed at Alcatraz East Crime Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. <gasps> Let's go. Let's I go. I want to go so bad. Let's do, go. Do you want to hear something really kind of fucking cool that I yeah. learned when I looked information up about Alcatraz East? Yes, I do. Guess who owns Alcatraz East? Um, who? John Morgan from Morgan and Morgan. Shut the front door. I will not shut the front door because it is a true statement. So for all of our listeners who are either A, not from the U.S., or B, are not in an area where the Mor- where Morgan and Morgan law practices, because it's not just a Florida thing. Right. Um, John Morgan is actually, the Morgan and Morgan law firm is like the largest family-owned law firm in the United States or something like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. John Morgan of Morgan of Morgan. <laughs> I love him so much, just mm-hmm. FYI. But he's like real famous in Florida. Yeah, he, like, that's really like famous. down here, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we all know John Morgan. Yeah. For Morgan of Morgan. Morgan and Morgan. Um, yeah, he owns Alcatraz East. Like he's the founder and president of it or something like that. That's kind of really fucking cool. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. That's Agreed. really cool. <laughs> now I want to go there like even more because I yes. want John Morgan from Morgan Morgan to have some of my money even though he doesn't need it the man lives in like fucking Maui now legit legit but still he's fine (laughs) he's doing (laughs) just fine without me yes yes yeah I still want to go I I think that'd be really fun to go see because I know there's a couple of really cool things there so there's a couple of really cool things there um you got like the crime vehicles so um OJ Simpson's Bronco is there Ted Bundy's bug is there. Mm-hmm. Um, John Dillinger's like old fucking car from those gangster years is there with like mm-hmm. bullet holes still in it and shit. Nice. Um, they have artwork from John Wayne Gacy there. Nice. Yeah, it's it's very interesting the shit that they have there. Like that would be a museum I would want to go to if I was on a school trip. Like 
oh don't get me yeah don't get me wrong museums are great but like museums are great yeah that would be awesome like yes just yes so long story short we need to go we need to go so yeah so that is the story of the boogeyman of westfield (laughs) not to be confused with the american boogeyman ted bundy or the american boogie woman eileen warnos uh john list wow just all kinds of fucked up yeah he's another one of like those famous new jersey murderers yep fucking a that was a great story he sounds like an asshole as do all the uh, murders and cult leaders and kidnappers are that we talk about (laughs) yeah i just i you know i just feel so bad i'm not discounting the fact that helen list like was murdered and she didn't obviously deserve to be murdered obviously right right. i feel so bad for those fucking kids same Same. you live in this like oppressive household with this father who's a monster your mother's unstable Mm -hmm. and then you're what 16 15 and 13 Mm -hmm. getting murdered by your father like somebody who's supposed to protect you like yeah and then his no yeah and then his mom like really Mm -hmm. i don't know all of it's so fucked up agreed i so fucked up absolutely agree it's a sad one i mean they're all sad yeah 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 unreal all right well to bring this episode to a close my lovelies um that was another episode of bed crime stories as always thank you so much for listening to the podcast we appreciate you guys so much um you can find us on social media instagram at bed crime stories um, you can send us an email if you have story suggestions or just want to say hi. That's bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend wherever you listen to podcasts. And a little, I guess we're gonna be kind to one another. <laughs> Don't Please. kill your family. <laughs> For real. Because you won't go to heaven. No. no. Like, Mm-mm. thou shalt not kill is what, like number four? Ten commandments in order let's see thou shall not kill is number six you think it'd be higher you think it would be you think it would be yeah you think it'd be higher wow i don't know like you went with not taking the lord's name in vain over killing yeah they have to reprioritize we need to we need to move that list around i'm gonna call moses and be like really (laughs) that's the order we went with because really? I, think, I think you messed up a little bit. I think, I think yeah. we need to, you need do to this switch again. six and like three mm-hmm. at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> criticize the order of the Ten Commandments directly going to hell. Um, again, be kind to one another. <laughs> yes. We'll talk to you all next week. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.